chat along again a little bit as we get into this uh, message. I believe it's the first in a series. I'm pretty sure. If somebody's to ask you, don't answer because you're probably going to get it wrong. But if somebody's going to ask you, because you know, you know when somebody asks you, oh, ah, and you're like, wrong. <laughs> How many gifts of the Spirit are there? 21, actually. About 21. He's like, that's not biblical. No, you're just paying attention to one text. There's, a, there's, a, there's numerous texts. So we're going we're gonna to look at the gifts of the Spirit. And uh, here we go. First Corinthians. You guys should see what I just looked at. You guys like, no, nine. <laughs> about, about 21. Some of those. Anyway, we'll, we'll get into it a little bit. First Corinthians chapter 12, New International Version. Verse 1. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters. I don't want you to be uninformed. I like the, another version says, ignorant. You know that when you were pagan, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. For what? For the common good. To one there is given through the same Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge. And he is listing gifts here by means of the same Spirit. Verse 9, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits or discerning of spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues and to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. I went just a little bit further. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, a while ago, uh, not long ago, a number of weeks ago, somebody noticed that I had a, a new ring on, and, um, and I wear it every day currently. I'm enjoying it. It's silver, and it has the Star of David on it, and uh, it's from Israel. I noticed it on a friend's hand, and I said, where did you get that? And they said, oh, Israel. Then we had the joy of going to Israel, and I went to find that ring, and... Um, before I could find it, someone gave it to me as a gift. And uh, they made a real good guess on the size of my finger, except my fingers were a little bit thicker than they are now. So I tried to get it on, and I got it on, and I thought I was going to have to cut it off. And uh, eventually, with a little bit of grease and some good old uh, twisting and pulling, I was able to get the ring off of my finger. And then over the course of time, it now fits, and so I'm so grateful for that. I, somebody saw the ring, and they said, oh, where'd you get that? And so I told them the story, and they said, oh, that makes you look like a spiritual guy. 
And I said, uh, I am a spiritual guy. And somehow that phrase, being spiritual, um, kept rattling around in my spirit. And, and by the way, we are going to be going back to Israel next February. And uh, we'd invite you to be a part of that. We'll have details on it. And uh, going to Greece and Israel this year. And so you can start putting your monies away if you desire to go on that. I think it's uh, $3,500 or something like that. Plane tickets, all your housing, all your food, all the tips, all the busing, all of that. It's a pretty good deal and life-changing so you can begin to pray if the Lord wouldn't have you go to be a part of that. We're going to go as a group. I'm believing to take about 45 people from the church next February. Um, that phrase, a spiritual, they're a spiritual person. Anybody ever heard that? No, they're a spiritual person. You know, the problem with that is uh, what kind of a spiritual person are they? Because being a spiritual person is not the goal. You say, whether you're born again is really the question, because you could be spiritual and head straight to hell. Come on, somebody say amen. Now, the question of whether or not, uh, whether somebody has spiritual experiences or not, because I, I, I've, I've run into people, oh, well, I had, I had this happen, and an angel came, or the, the ceiling melted away. You've heard some of those. Some of you have had some in very intense spiritual experiences. And the truth is, is that not every spiritual experience is from God. Not every spiritual experience is, is from the Holy Spirit. There is a genuine move of the Holy Spirit in our midst, in this region, in the nation. He's doing something that is absolutely profound. But how do you know whether something is genuinely the Holy Spirit or bunk and bogus? How do you know that? How do you know whether something is genuine or, or the fake? Heard of fake news? Fake, fake manifestations of the Holy Spirit. The truth is there could be manifestations. They're not fake at all. They could just be demonic. Or they could be through somebody's brokenness and their own chemical makeup. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 20, rather than the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. I and mean, here's the church. He's writing to a church in Corinth, and they were very spiritual. They were deceived. They were zealous for the spiritual gifts. And here he accuses them. He says, I do not want you to have fellowship with demons. <laughs> Amen. I don't want to have fellowship with demons either. How many, of you, how many of you don't raise your hand if you do want to have fellowship with demons? Just stick around long enough, and we'll break that thing off of you. You don't want I'm telling you, you don't want to have fellowship with demons. Yet there are people that have fellowship with demons. With demons, there's, there's a lot of religious expressions and experiences out there, and not all of them are from God. And uh, so today I want to talk about whether something is the really the Holy Spirit, if it's genuinely the Holy Spirit or not. How can you know whether it is genuinely the Holy Spirit or it's not the Holy Spirit? Well, that's a great question. And, and the Corinthians, as I said, and we're right in our notes, if for those of you that have those, they saw themselves as super spiritual but they lacked understanding of what was from God and what wasn't. I found the same is true today. So this text is crucial. It's important. So let's look at this. Um, as pagans, they were influenced for the spiritual experiences that they had to lead them to worship idols. It, the way it reads in the original language 
is that they were emotionally turned towards idols because of this experience. So let me make that plain. It's like, it's like if you had a, a messenger show up in your house, in your room, and begin to talk to you. You had its intense dream. But the dream wasn't from God, but you didn't know how to weigh it. You didn't know how to judge it. So as a result, it ended up turning you towards the direction of whatever the dream was or the experience. That's the way it was for the church in Corinth. So Paul gives a primary sign of what comes from the Holy Spirit. And this is, it's absolutely essential. And before we get to the primary sign, I've, I've kind of said it already, but keep in mind that people do things because of demonic power. There is demonic power. Right, you understand that. You understand that the devil has power. I mean, I've heard people say, well, the devil doesn't have any power. No, the devil does have power. Yeah, he does. And he prowls around like a roaring lion. He is toothless for those who are submitted to God and underneath his loving care and protection. But still, we need to be as gentle as doves, as wise as serpents, because he does prowl around and he is looking to take a piece of you. And he'd love to deceive you. Somebody says, oh, he can't deceive me. He might already have, you pride-filled thing. People can have psychological, uh, psychological breaks. People can have experiences that are supernatural that are drug-induced. That are drug-induced. So, so here's, here's, the, here's the, the acid test. If what is being done or what is being experienced is of the Holy Spirit... If it's the Holy Spirit, everybody say, if it's the Holy Spirit. If it's the Holy Spirit, that experience, that healing, that word, that experience will bring glorification of Jesus. Period. So if it doesn't glorify Jesus, it's not the Holy Spirit. So what do you mean by that? Verse 3, therefore I want... I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God said, Jesus be cursed. No one can say, Jesus is Lord, except the Holy Spirit. What he's saying is the Holy Spirit's number one job. You know what it is? It's not to make your hair stand on it. Holy Spirit's number one job. You know what it is? To glorify Jesus. That is what the Holy Spirit's job is. To glorify. I, I, I looked it up. Exalt, elevate, lift up. To add dignity to. To dignify. To add distinction, to enhance, to increase, to promote. I like that. The Holy Spirit's job is to promote Jesus, not you. Not me. Not Brother Coma's hair over in a white suit either. Whoever that is. Do you understand? There's lots of people that use the power of the Holy Spirit to ingratiate themselves. That's not the job of the Holy Spirit. It's not to make you look good. The job of the Holy Spirit is to glorify, to glorify, you could say God, but really glorify Jesus is what he's saying. Jesus as Lord proclaimed. If Jesus is not proclaimed, then it's not a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Come on, some of you have run into the fruit, nuts, and flakes. Listen, I'll, I'm, I'll pour oil over my head and roll around on the floor with the best of them. I love the Holy Spirit. Love the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. But the manifestation of the Holy Spirit is to glorify Jesus. That's the purpose. 
So when something is happening and someone's coming, the gifts of healing or prophecy, it all all point to the Lord. It, all of those things ought to point you to Jesus, ought to set your heart more on fire for Jesus, ought to touch you in a way that changes you to be more like Jesus. And uh, that manifestation uh, is, is that which will draw people into commitment to the Lordship of Christ, the Lordship of Jesus. You see, a genuine touch from God will cause you to want to read your Bible more, will cause you to want to go to church more, will cause you to want to touch, touch others for Him, will cause your heart to expand in such a way that you just fall more in love with God. That's one of the ways you know that somebody has been touched by the Holy Spirit. I love what this one evangelist said. There's people lying all out over the floor. He said, what's that about? Well, sometimes when people get prayed for... Um, I don't know. It's like touching 223 phase. You know, if you stuck your finger into 223 phase, you know, you're going to get electrocuted. So you might end up on the floor. It's kind of like that. I don't worry about falling on the floor. That's not a prerequisite for anything. He said, well, do you have any scripture? Because that's really been concerning me. Well, my favorite one is Psalm 23 for all those that are really religious and uptight. It says, the Lord makes me lie down in green pastures. Oh, there's lots of other scriptures in the Old Testament and New. And um, when they came into the garden, said, who do you seek? We seek Jesus of Nazareth. He said, I am he. The actual language is I am, which is the name of God. So I am. And they all fall flat, every one of them. Can you imagine? You're all of a sudden around the ground like, what happened? But falling on the floor is not a prerequisite for anything. But, but, it, but it could happen. And it's not unbiblical. I'll tell you how you know you really got touched by God, says this one evangelist, says there were people all over the floor. You get up, and you're changed. The following day, the following week, the following month, something has changed on the inside of you that caused you to glorify Jesus. The person being used by the Holy Spirit will be committed to Jesus being glorified, not himself. Oh, my gosh. Everybody say, it's not about me. Yeah, it's not. And, you know, the thing is, is that many times when people are used by the Lord to bring healing. Have you ever prayed for somebody and they've gotten healed? Raise your hand. If you prayed for somebody, they got healed. Is that it? Or you're not going to raise your hand no matter what happens tonight? Come on, raise your hand if you prayed for somebody, they got healed. All right, so all of you that, all of you that have never prayed for somebody that got healed, I give you a double dog dare to pray for somebody in Jesus' name that needs healing. You're just a mailman. You understand? Okay. Okay. So if I'm going to give my keys, where is Daniel? Is he in here somewhere? All right. He is a great driver. Drives my Dodge truck. It's probably one day going to be his. If I give my keys to him, I'm just delivering the keys. Okay. He's going to have to take the keys, stick it in the ignition, turn that big Cummins over. <laughs> turn that thing over, then he can drive. I'm just delivering the keys. I'm not the one that makes the Cummins turn over. Amen. Listen, you're just a delivery boy. Right. Just deliver the keys. Deliver the, deliver the good news of Jesus' right. healing. Jesus' yeah. delivering. And just pray in faith and believe. What if they don't get healed? What if they do? Right. I don't know. I'm, I'm so doubtful. How about doubt your doubts and lay hands on them anyway and just pray? I can count on one hand, by the way, the amount of times that people told me to take their hands off of them. 
So I say, would you mind if I pray for you? And then I'm, Lord, thank you so much. In other words, yeah, I'm a little bit bold that way. You get whatever style you want. Back to those that have prayed for people. And next time we take a survey, come on, see you guys have gone for it. You're going to see people healed. Wouldn't that be beautiful if you prayed for somebody and they got healed, but they would be sick longer or ill or maybe die if you didn't pray? Come on, amen? So, you know, when you pray for somebody and they get healed, that back to that now. And the power of God moves through you and somebody gets healed. You know, you may have a tendency to just think, I. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, you can start, start thinking about yourself like maybe you're something special. And you are because you're the apple of God's eye. But it's not about you. And the Holy Spirit can manifest in, in, in incredibly unusual ways. Right? There's so many people that are clamoring for attention. And they've not been delivered from the, uh, the fear of man. And they're clamoring for uh, receiving attention, acknowledgement. Listen, you have to get delivered from wanting the acknowledgement of people. Let me say that through one more time. If you move into ministry and you're not delivered from the, having the acknowledgement of people, it will destroy you. See, you already have the acknowledgement of God. You already have God's acknowledgement. He loves you. He, he died for you. He lives on the inside of you. That acceptance, that acknowledgement of who you are in Christ, that ought to move your needle. You understand? It ought to raise the RPMs a little bit. Make yourself feeling special. Yeah, you're special. Your identity needs to be in Christ, not about what other people think about you. And I've shared before... Statistically, there's only two or three people that like you anyway. You're like, what? There's only one? <laughs> it's a joke, but don't look for someone. Come on, quit being addicted to all the likers. How many likers you got? How many? Who gives a flip? A fig. Who cares? Listen, if you look at your phone and there's a, like a whole lot of selfies, sister, brother, you have issues. Okay? You need healing. Okay. And we, you know, we've seen ministries before that are so powerfully used by the Lord, but it begins to be, um, it begins to be about them. You know, if, you're, if you're talking to somebody and there's a lot of I... Me, I, me, I, 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 it's the unholy trinity right there. Yeah, they, they are not the special man of power for the hour. And, you know, we've seen people get like that and as a result feel like they're elevated this place, especially with a great release of power and a great release of wealth and a great release of fame. What can happen is then the Lord's like has to just move you aside. And, you know, things will happen. And the Lord will just use somebody else. And you can end up destroying your life, destroying others. Colossians 2, verse 15. Having disarmed the powers and authorities, made a public spectacle and triumphing over them on the cross. You see, Jesus has allowed us to operate in the victory. Please listen. In the victory that he's purchased. He's the one that purchased the victory. You get to live in it. He, come on. Dad bought the Dodge truck, paid for the Dodge truck, put the fuel in the Dodge truck, put tires, just got rid of my studded tires, May 1st, better get, get with it. 
put my, put my summer tires on. Dad did that and handed you the keys, son. That's exactly a picture of what Jesus did. He died. He re- you didn't do any of that. All you had to do is repent. Give me the keys. Thank you. The keys to what? The keys to the kingdom. The whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatsoever be loosed on earth will be loosed in heaven. He's given you keys. Now, how would it be if my son started strutting around like, you know I've got a dodge. You know that's right. You know it. Yes, I've got a dodge. I'm going to blow some coal in the parking lot. It ain't your truck either. I've seen, I'm picking on youth. I've seen youth driving, you know, dad's Camaro or the, you know, the, the 5 the Mustang or well, I just dated myself with that right there. That's the 80s, the 5 They have a new one? Oh, awesome. And they're driving the car. They're at the light. Hanging the arm out of the window. You didn't pay for that $40,000, $60,000 car either. That's your dad's car. And he'd be like, <laughs> you love this. I, I got to tell this story. When I was in high school, you know, I was into sports and all of that, and we'd go to the gym and lift weights. And there was this one guy, his name was Hank. I won't tell you his last name. Famous, fa- famous, famous family. And uh, he would do doing these curls. And his left arm was significantly bigger than his right. Like he never touched the right arm. And, he, and he, didn't, he didn't use a curling bar. He just did dumbbells with the left arm. Anytime I was at the gym, there was Hank doing dumbbell curls with his left arm. So finally, I knew a little bit about training back then. And I said, Hank, why do you just lift with one arm? He says, that's the arm that hangs out the window of my truck. I was like, really? He says, yeah. Like, the Lord is the one that purchased a victory. You and I get to live in it. You and I get to bring his power. But, but like a male person, like someone who just turned the key in a truck that they didn't purchase. Get to step on the gas, too. It's a picture of the anointing. I think I got touched by the Lord right there. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> All right, look at this. The church is his body. Look at, look at your back of your notes. Church is his body. So the Holy Spirit will draw people into being a part of the church, a body of believers. Get concerned about ministries that are ministries that don't build the local church. If a ministry doesn't build the local church, there's something seriously wrong with it. If it's just about its ministry, power church ministries used to really bother me, but I got healed. The reason they bothered me is because I found people being a part of power. Do you don't understand what I mean by like parachurch ministries? Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's not a church. It's a ministry that operates alongside the church. But a ministry that operates alongside the church and doesn't build the local church is defective. I'm, I'm, I'll probably offend some people, but I'll do it a few more times before the end of the message. 
I love YWAM. I mean, YWAM has released more missionaries than just about anybody. I'll tell you that the challenge, challenge, not problem, a challenge I see with those who graduate from YWAM is I don't see them get involved. And it could be just at my little myopic experience of 25 years in the church. Because, and I don't, and that is small. The body of Christ is huge. And there are, there's probably millions of YWAMers now that have graduated over the past 30, 40 years. But my experience is that very few of them get back involved in the local church and serve and really serve in a local church. They, they have a tendency to just kind of float around. You say, isn't it, it's all the body of Christ, isn't it? It is the universal body of Christ, yes, for those who don't destroy the Godhead, that's true. But if you don't develop committed relationships inside the body, then it's hard to become, it's hard to develop that which Jesus wants to develop within the church and within you. Amen. Listen, if you, if you bounce around to a lot of churches, I rebuke you. Stop it. Pick one, commit, and serve. Stop, stop being a, you know, Baskin-Robbins Christian with 31 flavors. It just run to go, I like that anointing over there, but I like this one too. Come on, commit. Find, where's the Lord leading you to? Plug in, serve, be committed. Come on, someone say commit. You can tell I get a little irritated with flaky, uncommitted Christians. Because it's the Lord's. The Lord, I think that bothers the Lord. And it undermines what God wants to do in people. Where are we? Oh, yeah. The issue of, is not personal fulfillment. It's not about you being fulfilled. He will fulfill you. But the issue is about God being glorified. That's the issue. It's not about you being seen for your gifts and, and what you can get for you and how your hair can stand on end and how you can experience power. It, he'll do that too, but the issue really is about God being glorified. The issue is that the Holy Spirit works through us for the common good. The Holy Spirit wants to work through you, not just to touch you. I mean, probably for... 20% of my early Christian walk, all I, all I wanted was like, hit me again, God. Please, let me touch you. Let me feel your, the, the power of God again. Please, let me experience your grace again. Please, please, I, I need you. And, and touch after touch, service after service. And it was beautiful. God was healing me, setting me free. I'll never forget that prophetic conference so many years ago. And the prophet calls me out, or I was standing there. I forget how it went. And he said, the Lord shows me that you... Just come all the time to get touched by the Holy Spirit. I'm like, yeah, that's right. He says, but you drain out by the time you're in the parking lot. I'm like, that's true. <laughs> you know what happens now? You're taking your vehicle. Some of you have four-wheelers and motorcycles and stuff. Now, I think you, I'm no master mechanic like some of you guys, but... But bad gas, I'm not talking about food, I'm talking about gasoline. <laughs> bad gasoline is, is, I don't think it's very good for a motor. So you have, to, you have to treat your gasoline for the winter, or I'm told if you fill it all the way up, then it doesn't get moisture in it. But you got to run that tank out, and you got to put good, get bad gas. My daughter got some bad gasoline in her car in college. 
It just about killed that thing. I mean, it misfired, did all kinds of stuff. I couldn't figure out what it is. And two cans of sea foam and, and some prayer later, we got that motor running right through, through the telephone. You see, if you don't learn to be used by the Holy Spirit, you're going to end up stale. The Dead Sea is dead because it has nothing flowing out of it. So God wants to touch you, and that was my problem. I was, I was just be like, I mean, if you could see a picture of me, I was talking about when I was getting prayed for and filled in those early days when I was saved. I was as fat as a tick. But I had no flow coming out of me. So when I just had to come to serve, I was just leak out by the time of the park because I was so selfish. I just wanted me, 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 me. Need another dose of the Holy Ghost. Jesus, hit me. That's what I wanted. Hit me. I wanted the refreshing. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Pastor Kirsten, you know I'm talking to you. Thank you, Jesus. Pastor Kirsten and I, we'd be in staff meeting all those years ago. And we'd be praying feeling the joy, and I think it was you, I'm sure it was you that started it. He said, refreshing, and he slapped me underneath my arm. Just a stinger, I was like, yeah, praise the Lord. So then we, anyway, we'll have to bring that back to our staff meetings, the refreshing slap of the Lord. Where are we? Oh yeah, it's not about you, it's for the common good. The Holy Spirit giftings, the empowerment of God, yes, He blesses you in the midst of it, but it's for the common good. It's for your good too, but it's not about you. It's about others. It's about others. The Holy Spirit manifests Himself or becomes visible through His gifts, and He blesses others. So when you pray, Holy, come Holy Spirit, I need Thee. Come, Holy Spirit, I pray. Come, <laughs> and I'd strengthen thy power. So when we pray for the Holy Spirit to come, how does he come? He comes by the gifts, and there's like 20-something gifts, okay? It's not just the, what we read here. So when you want the Holy Spirit, you believe, you're hoping, you're praying. We pray every morning and morning prayer, Holy Spirit, that you would come and manifest. He manifests by the gifts of the Spirit. And those gifts are for what purpose? The common good. The common good. These gifts, these manifest and becomes visible through his gifts. To bless others. First Peter, turn there. First Peter 4. First Peter 4.10. Can you put that on the screen? Beloved media screen scripture person. Each one of us has received a gift. Minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Whoa. Leave that up. God has given you gifts. He's given, he's given us gifts. And the gifts are to minister to one another. To the Lord, yes. But to minister to one another. What, what for? As stewards. What is a steward? An accountant is like a steward. A steward. 
someone that looks over the manifold grace of God. God wants to release his power through you. This is a profound verse of scripture. You see, as you release the gifts that he's given you, and I'm talking about gifts of hospitality, there's, there's gifts of giving, there's all kinds of gifts that the Holy Spirit, the gift of faith, there's all kinds of gifts. And as you release those gifts in the body and in the community, it releases the manifold grace of God. The most powerful force in all the universe is God's grace. So when you release the gift that he's given you, listen, some of you could smile and light up a room. And your smile can actually bring people, can glorify Jesus, can bring people to the Lord. The gifts he operates through us is for others to be blessed. The gifts operate in various ways of service. Preparing and thinking about uh, a man that a number of us know. His name is Randy Hufford. Randy Hufford. <laughs> Randy Hufford would always yell and say, glory! You know, he'd always sell glory. He's, he's always, always just, you know, filled with encouragement. And uh, I remember coming into his service many years ago. And Randy's, Randy, when he gets really excited and fired up for the Lord, he has no understanding of, of space. He's a space invader. Does anybody know what, anybody know what I'm talking about? No, it's because he's on fire, and it's just like the holy, and he just kind of gets next to you and says, you can do it. You don't mind if I invade your space, but doctor might mind. Hi, you know what I mean? How are you? It's a little too close. It's like, okay, yeah, like, okay. You know I mean? If you can smell somebody, you're probably too close. But certain other people just need to put on deodorant. If you don't have deodorant on today, the Lord wants you to wear it. That is a specific word. For someone here. And, uh, and some of you need cologne. Change your socks and your shorts every day. Amen? All right. That was uh, like a previous message. But I'm helping someone right now. It's like a wife just going, thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Anyway, Randy Hufford has this gift of encouragement, and I, I remember coming into his service so many years ago, and him just so on fire, and I was not on fire, I was discouraged, I was, I was nearly depressed, and I just didn't know what to do. And he comes up to me and says, you're like Caleb, you're like Caleb, you're going to take the land, you're just going to take the land, God's going to give it to you, you're like Caleb, you're of another kind of spirit. And he just doesn't let up, spraying me with spit and stuff, and I, I just got so touched by the Lord. I didn't understand him when I first came in the church, I mean like a gazillion years ago, and he told me, uh, who's, that, who's that prayer guy, uh, which one? Long ago, the guy who did that thing on the hour of prayer. and Dick Eastman, thank you. How many of you know who Dick Eastman is? Great man of God. So Dick Eastman was coming to our church to teach a thing on prayer. And he just gets up in my growth. You need to come. You need to come. You need to learn to pray. Because God's going to use you. I'm like, dude, okay, fine, all right. Yeah, maybe, 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 maybe I'll come. Maybe I'll come. <laughs> now I know that he's a special agent from God. He's not preaching. 
He's not doing that, but he has this special gift of encouragement that he releases in the body, and it's really affected me. You know, one of the most favorite people to see every time I go back to conference is Randy Hufford. I come and I grab him, and sometimes I weep. He says, I pray for you every day. I said, oh, thank you. You've been encouraging me since I prayed the sinner's prayer, man, a million years ago. At least a hundred, anyway. <laughs> Gifts operate at various levels of power. Now, I think the various levels of power can increase based upon your intimacy with God. Now, I didn't get the, the joy of being in a Catherine Coleman meeting. Has any of you been to a Catherine? She's passed now. She's gone to glory. Anybody ever been to a Catherine Coleman meeting back in the 60s, 70s? Okay, so Catherine Coleman would just get up there, and she would come out on this, you know, this white flowing gown. Worship would be going, and then she would come out, and she'd look like somebody out of, you know, uh, Tolkien, you know. And she'd say, have you been waiting for me? And it was really unusual. You can go and watch videos and stuff. And, and then she would just talk. She would talk and talk and talk until the Holy Spirit came. And when the Holy Spirit came, her talking became absolutely supernatural. And the power of God would rush into that place. And people would be popping out of wheelchairs left and right. All kinds of miracles would take place. Amazing. Amazing. You know, God wants to increase His power on you. He wants to use the gifts you have that he's, that he's given you, and he wants to give you a whole bunch of other ones. But if you don't learn to operate in the gift that you have and, and contend and uh, earnestly covet, in fact, we should, we should go there for just a moment. Go, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And those final verses right there, I'm just about done, by the way. Verse 31, now eagerly desire the greater gifts. Yeah, it's interesting in the context, he's, he's saying, do, do all work miracles, do all gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret. Now eagerly desire the greater gifts. The King James is way better here. Earnestly covet the greater gifts. There is a principle of spiritual coveting. See, many people, you just think you got the gift, whatever gift you have, and that's what you got when you got in the line of handing out of gifts. I'm pretty sure I hardly had any, and then the Lord just started giving me some, and then I realized, man, we, we, we could have more. One of the gifts that operates the strongest for me is a gift of prophecy. Okay. That gift has grown in my life as I've used it in proportion to my faith. Listen, wouldn't it be amazing if God just hooked you up with some fresh gifts, but you have to earnestly desire and covet. You, you have to believe. And just because you have a certain level that you might see, first of all, we don't see, we see very dimly. But there are various levels of, of evangelistic giftings and, 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 and gifts of the Spirit. But you can, you can level up. Come on, somebody say level up. I'm going to level up. Anybody else want to level up? Is that a, sp a spiritual thing? It absolutely is. Listen, just because you have whatever you have doesn't mean in the sovereignty of God that's what you have. Is it? Quit being such a religious bump on a log. Get some fire. Come on, get some fire. Get some passion. Get some desire. Start coveting. 
not your neighbor's wife, the gifts. <laughs> Start coveting the gifts. Lord, I want, I told you the story of John Harkey. He'll be with us at our next prophetic conference. He'll be coming to the next one. John Harkey, John Harkey couldn't prophesy his way out of a paper bag. Oh yeah, I knew him. I grew up with him. He was just really unusual guy. Kind of nerdy. I love you, John. You know I do. You're awesome. You're anointed. You're changing, changing lives all over the nation. But he was kind of like, you know, he was unusual. You guys are looking at me like, oh, he's talking about John Hart. <laughs> Think about the way that you came in. Amen. You didn't want to see me when I came in. Ripped shorts, T-shirt, long hair, messed up. Not that long hair is messed up. I'm just saying I had hair. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Come to the front, weeping and crying. I remember one, once I, I wiped out so bad, I backslid, hardcore. I'm not even going to tell you the story, but it was bad. Don't worry, I wasn't a pastor, I wasn't a leader, I was just I was coming to the church. I was growing, newly saved. I, I had stayed up the entire night on Saturday night, and church was on Sunday morning. I got in my car, I raced like my life depended on it, came screeching all four wheels into the parking lot, got out of my car, service was already started, I was late, and they were in that altar call time, you know, when we're praying for the sick, and so just like we do in our service, it was the front part of the service, Dr. Morocco hadn't preached yet, and all I knew is if I didn't get into that altar right then, I probably was going to die, that's how it felt to me, I ripped the, the, the doors off, ran into the church, was in a dead sprint, turning the corner, up the, up the center aisle, by the time I got here, I, I pulled a Pete Rose, does anybody know who Pete Rose is? with my hands out like this and just turfed right into the carpet and smashed my head up on the stairs, weeping. I'm like, I made it! I made it! Ah! And Dr. Morocco comes over, stands over me, and he says, oh, Daniel. <laughs> oh, Daniel. You're so sensitive to the spirit. <laughs> I'll never forget it. You're so sensitive to the Spirit. I saw John Harkey back in those days. He just wanted to prophesy. So he had the boldness and the guts. I mean, he like prayed up to the point where he would just jump off. He wasn't really prophesying, but he was taking a risk, which is faith is often spelled risk. But he said, yay, my children, the Lord loves you. That was it. He sat down. No, that's a good, it's a true word, but you know, it wasn't like a prophetic word, right? It was just like a word of encouragement. Do you know that guy can prophesy names? He even pulls off addresses and stuff. I mean, the gift in that guy right now is crazy, and it just keeps getting stronger. And How is that? How did somebody, I mean, I remember him coming to me and said, hey, hey, Daniel, let's go do some prophetic acts. I'm like, no, let's not, John. Some of you know him, so you can see that, right? He was kind of quirky. He would do all these things, and he started preaching in this strange way, and he would bend his ear, and he would do all this strange stuff. So we would make fun of him in the back. Come on, we grew up together, you understand? I'm like, dude, why do you bend your, what is that? Why do you bend your ear? Do you know we stopped him from bending his ear, but he still goes like this occasionally. <laughs> well, the, my point is, in the context of this message, that you can flow in a greater anointing than the one that you're in right now. You can have power from on high.
why? To release the glory of God. To see Jesus glorified everywhere you go. Don't just sit there and go, well, he didn't, must not have given me that. Be like Harky. Be standing up and pretending you're prophesying. We'll sit you down, you know, but I'm just saying. Practice that in the small groups, all right? Do you know why that is? The, the reason you do that is because people in small groups say that they, they, you get to know them, you get to know that they get to know you, you get to know them, and it's safe. And then when you can bring forth a word that might be half on, half off, they can say, Brother Exuberant, that first part was good, scriptural, but the other part was off. And you're like, oh, sorry, oh, sorry. No, 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 hey, keep going for it. But you get to get corrected instead of front of, of a few hundred people. Because that's how it'll happen. If you do it in a few hundred people and you're like unbiblical and stuff, we're going to have to correct you on the spot. Yeah, it could be a little discouraging. Thank you, John. All right. Operating the gifts of various levels of power, but, but continue to contend. God's speaking to us. Do you know, uh, Brother Anointed over here, I don't even think he could play. Can you play something? Okay, so um, how long have you been playing the keys? Three years now. Three years. Is it that long? You couldn't play before that, right? Couldn't even play. Here they can't hear me. Not at all. Okay, so, so you've been playing the keys for three years. Yes, sir. I'm just saying, that's amazing. So you could not play. Here, play something. Ooh. And you know what? He doesn't just play the keys. He has anointing on him to play the keys. Oh, there, there, there's lots of people that can play the piano better. But there's, there's oil on you. The, the, the Holy Spirit's on you to release that gift and releases the grace of God in its various forms to you. He led us in worship tonight, playing the keyboard for three years. Some of you can probably play the keyboard better than he can. You're not up here. You know why that is? I'm not talking to anybody here. Maybe you're just online. You know why that is? Because you haven't come for three years, never missing a service, serving your ears off, praying, fasting, believing, giving, overcoming the assignments of the enemy, overcoming obstacles and challenges, and, 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 and here faithfully, on time, going the distance. And now, now, you're a worship leader now. You're not just a worship leader. You're an anointed worship leader. See, so if he sat at home on his blessed assurance and just, well, one day I just thought, guess I don't play the keyboard. I don't think you sound like that. But. <laughs> you, you understand what I'm saying? What could God do? How could God manifest his power through you? And we're talking about the genuine Holy Spirit. The gifts are going to give glory to God, give glory to Jesus. They're going to glorify Jesus, the Holy Spirit. You glorify Jesus, bro. And that haircut is amazing. 
son. God speaking to us, everything we do should glorify Jesus. Listen, everything you do should glorify Jesus. Should we repent right now? Lord, forgive me. God desires to manifest, manifest himself through us. So be open to being used by God. Be open to being used by the Lord. Have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Well, that's like a whole message right there. Spend time with him. There's no substitute in my marriage for spending time with my wife. We're going away for about a week here. Can't wait. It's awesome. It's a pretty intense schedule, but we'll get to hold hands and somebody else will be running the service and preaching. And we just get to sit there and be like, thank you, Jesus. And spend time together. I, I, I love going out to eat with my wife. I love spending time with my wife. I love, I love just lying there and listening to the day. I love listening to her pray until she starts snoring, purring, purring. I love your laugh. She has this really amazing laugh, and occasionally it, it's, a, it's a, a snort. No, it's really cute. <laughs> you think? I, I, I'm crazy about it. Like your hair, your shoes. You look beautiful tonight. I just messed myself up. Look, look. Well, I said all that to say, what? why don't you spend time with the Holy Spirit like that? You turn the TV off. Put, put your phone down. You want to grow in God's power and presence in your life. You want to hear His voice. Well, you got to turn off the other voices. My wife is, does not like when I don't give her time. You know, things get disjointed between us. If we don't spend time, it's a little, it's a little, we're off. You know, we could be like ships in the night, and then the ships have got to stop at some point. And then we, listen, be like that with the Lord. Spend time with Him. You know, when you spend time with the real, genuine Holy Spirit, it's easy to pick off that which is the flesh. It's easy to, when, they counterfeit, they, they train them by looking at the real thing. You know, my kids, and I, I got a clothes. Almost. My children have been raised in the presence of the Lord. Except for an occasional argument that we would have and grieve the Lord. We talked about that last week. But by and large, mostly, my house is filled with His presence and has been forever. Since we were saved. Before we were married. So my kids are raised in that. There's worship going on most of the time. It's an atmosphere of prayer. And, and it, it's like the way that we are here is really the way that we are at home too. And, and that's just the way that we are. How many of you know you should be the way that you are everywhere? And my children are so discerning that it is absolutely scary for me. The, the, the level of discernment that, that we have, they have that much more. And and I, I think it's because they just were raised in God's presence. So when you come into contact, which is not God's presence, instantly there's something wrong. Like, whoop, 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 what's that? What's that? What is that? 
walking through the mall. And Hannah wanted to get a belt. She's a fashionista kind of, you know. You don't know. She is. And, um, and she's got style and loves makeup and all of that. And I didn't want her to wear any makeup at all. And I had to get healed. Still being healed of that. Say so it, Hot Topics. I see devils inside of Hot Topics. Okay, I, I do. I see devils inside of Hot It's Hot Topics, right? It's dark. No, I mean, it's like, I just look at it and go, like, ugh. Ooh. So Hannah's like, Dad, I want to go into Hot Topics and, and, and get a belt. I said, ha, you ain't going into no Hot Topics. We were, come on, Dad, I want to, come on, I just want to get a belt. And so I'm like, no. So we, we walk, we're walking, right? And, and I feel like the Lord says, oh, just let her do it. I thought, okay, let's, let's go get a belt. And I kind of knew what the Lord was doing. Listen, I'm not afraid of the demonic. The demonic's afraid of me. But I'm not going to go put myself in a sewer unless I have to, you understand? So I feel like, she's like, oh, Dad, you're awesome. I'm like, all right. So we turn around. We walk towards Hot Topic. She's ahead of me. As we're walking in, we're walking into the store, I see a demon. Sometimes I see them. I see them when I need to. I'm not tormented by them. I torment them. So I see, a, I see this scampering, dark figure just scamper to the back. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know that. So she's ahead of me. She walks, gets into the racks as she's going, and she goes, whoa! I'm like, she turns around, she goes, I don't like it in here. I'm like, no kidding. She goes, Dad, Dad, there's something dark in there. i like, I know. She goes, whoa, that was weird. Did you see that? I go, oh, yeah. Discernment. Teach your kids that. Have it yourself. Have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. That'll help you to know what the real, genuine Holy Spirit is and what the fake is. We must desire that His gifts will operate through us. And then lastly, be committed to a local church. Because that's the place the gifts of the Spirit should operate. I mean, they should operate in the community too, at home also, amen. Be committed to a local church. I have been in some incredibly demonic experiences that were, had the trappings and the title revival. In other words, they said it's revival. It looked and acted like revival, but at the core of it, it was absolutely demonic. Oh, people worshiping, people weeping, falling out on the ground, and it was no spirit at all absence of God's presence and I just was so freaked out by that I mean all I could think of as we ran out of the church I mean I thought it was being being, being critical you know when you go to visit a church maybe maybe you don't but it's like this is what we do you know we're really like ministry so when I go to another church I'm looking at greeters I'm looking at ushers I'm looking at pews I'm looking at advertising I'm looking at I'm looking at all the stuff the flow the worship how they're dressing the music they pick whether people are worshiping whether there's joy or are they running out of the church the second church is over that's a sign that there's trouble all kinds of stuff like that I'm just like I'm just seeing everything and, I, and when I go in a church to just worship I just have to shut down the church growth pastor thing and just go blah, blah, blah. It's going to like love God and go to church with my family. So it was one of those experiences that I'm, I'm trying not to be critical. And so I just said, Lord, forgive me. 
but God, I don't feel your presence here. So I shook off, I repented of being critical, lifted my hands and said, Lord, are you here? And I could feel the power of God and the presence of God on me personally out of my own personal experience with the Lord. But there was no corporate anointing. And I just thought, that's so weird. All the kids got sick from the moment we rolled onto the church property. This is in another land, not in Alaska. Some of the older kids were begging to leave, but were only staying there out of submission to our parents. Their parents was with another family. It went on and on and on, and it was, they started, I don't know, they bowed down all at the same time, you know. Some bowed down, here I am to worship, you know, we bowed down or whatever, and everybody bowed down at the same time, and we're like, okay, this is really weird. It went on, and then I saw the main minister I saw a devil manifest in the, saint, in the minister that was running the service. When I saw that, I shot out of my seat and said, that's it, that's it, everybody up. I mean, there's cameras and everything. And, and, and the ushers are like, help the crazy bald guy. You know, and I'm like, get up, let's go, let's go, everybody up, that's it, we're out of here. I look, we connected all the way down the row, let's go, we're leaving, and I, I left. I was halfway down the aisle before I realized I left without my family. I came back. I said, I said, for real, let's go. Let's go. And everybody's like, whoa, dad's pretty intense right now. Yeah. There's a genuine move of the Holy Spirit, and then there's the flesh and demonic manifestations. Listen, you better know the real thing. But just to t take this away, the real thing will glorify Jesus. Not the person, not the experience. The devil comes as an angel of light. Did you get something? Very good. There's numerous people here with, uh, with like a nerve problems. Bur any kind of burning in your body um, anywhere. There's a couple people from the elbows burning down your elbows. Uh, down, I think it's, it's a sciatic. Is it down the back of your leg? Is that right, Doc? Okay, maybe it's a sciatic nerve. I don't know. You can go see him and he'll tell you. But, 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 but God can heal you right now. If you have burning, if you have burning, any nerve burning, stand. All right, just lift your hands. In the name of Jesus. Come on, just a, a moment longer. Service is over. In the name of that's above every other name. All inflammation, nerve problem, nerve damage, that's it. In Jesus' name, it's subsiding right now. It's subsiding and the healer, Jesus, the healer, Christ the healer is releasing his power right now. Nerve pain, go. For the glory of the name of Jesus, release the gifts of healing. Release gifts of healing right now. Be healed. Okay, begin to check that out now. Be healed. Check out, check out whatever that, that wherever that pain was. Be healed. Don't sit yet. Don't sit yet. Come on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Are you healed? Did you, anybody get fully healed? Wave at me if you like got some improvement. Great. You got improvement. Good. How, how much improvement, Leila? 
75%. Here, come right here. How many else? You got improvement. You improve. How much improvement? Come on, another 70. I'll take 75. Come on, come here. Come. Anybody else? You got improvement. Where is it? I touched her head and I felt the spark. I think it was static though. Okay. yourself out. It's gone, she says. May it never, ever come back. Come on, living in Alaska, the Lord has healed you. You could be in Arizona and still have nerve pain. Thank you, Jesus. He's healing you. How are you guys feeling? Better? Yes? 100%? That's it, right there. Would you just step out for a moment? Can we just pray for you? Service is almost over, guys. Where's the pain? And do you feel it right now? It's gone. It's gone. He got healed. That's good news. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray it never come back. see you reaching to people. I see God using you to touch like friends over coffee. I see some old relationships that God's using you to speak life, vitality, strength, and faith. Holy Spirit, bless this man, his wife, his family. Heal him completely. In Jesus' name. Belinda, you healed.
genuine Holy Spirit. We give you glory, Jesus. Come on, give them glory. Be healed. of your feet in Jesus name be healed pain go come on reach up wherever you are and receive receive whatever ailment you have whatever pain you're experiencing maybe you need wisdom come on just reach up just a moment longer service is over reach up and receive from the Lord right now he's here he's an ever present help in time of trouble he's a son and shield he knows how to speak he knows how to heal he knows how to deliver receive tonight We have a very dear friend of ours on the island of Molokai, the Mamwads. And when I got off the boat, I got picked up by them in their van. I think they took me to Subway, Paul and Tommy, and their children. And Tommy is in the hospital, and um, I'm to understand that she's having her leg removed right now and there's some real risk involved and, uh, and possibly, possibly her life. So we're going to pray right now. And I, I think Paul might be on. And Paul, we love you so much. The Holy Spirit, even as you're healing people here, there's no distance. There's no distance in the Spirit. So right now, Release a wave of power to Tomi, wherever she is, probably Honolulu. Release a wave of power now over Paul. Live. We 
We speak life. We speak life. Discouragement go, fear go, death go. Ezekiel, somewhere, you saw me in my blood and said, live. We say, live, in Jesus' name. Come on, lift your hands all across this place. Those online, just a moment longer, we're done. Come on, lift your hands. filled with the Spirit, ask Him to fill you right now. Let sounds and utterances come forth. Come on, forget about your phone. Come on, forget about the person on the right and the left of you.
doesn't really matter if you can see it or not, but there's a haze across the room. Sometimes God manifests his presence like that. I know kids got to get out of kids' church, and some of you got to get up early. can have as much revival as you as you want you can have as much as God if you want it's up to you and you can't overdose on the Holy Ghost and there's no hangovers there's nothing like his presence there's nothing like his presence the reason it feels like you've come home is because that's where you've come from. Don't take his presence for granted. This is not a performance or something. We owe the world an encounter considering what he's done for us. Saved us, healed us, delivered us. We, we, we owe people. highways and byways and compel people with the love of God. Reach to them. Invite people Sunday. Invite them Sunday night. I'm telling you. This is a precursor for what the Lord will do over these next, this weekend. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. There is a genuine Holy Spirit and there are genuine manifestations of the demonic and the flesh. Know what the difference is. Don't be fooled and allow for God to use you to release the manifold grace of God, to build the local church, to bless others, not just you. Not, 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 it's not about us, it's about others, it's about God. Father, thank you. For those that have not given their life to Jesus, I implore you, I plead with you on Christ's behalf to be reconciled to God. 
you say, that's me, would you pray this prayer right out loud? Say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for dying, sending your son to die in my place and to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my life and be my Lord and Savior. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. I pray, oh God, by the power of your spirit, fill, touch, break every chain, break every bondage, release your glory upon every home here. Heal the brokenhearted, set the captives free. Deliverance to those that are bound, the opening of prison doors to those who are behind them. Release dreams, visions. Release the gifts of the Spirit to glorify Jesus, to build your church, to mature us, to be more like Christ. God, we thank you. And bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon us. Lift up your countenance towards us, O God. Be gracious to us. Keep us. Give us peace. In Jesus' name. Amen. We love you.